In this episode, find out who called my guest for his advice on how to be a professional musician while being a family man, and what he thinks about a Juicy Lucy. It's Dad Verb, episode 13. Welcome to Dadverb. My name is Roger Williams. My guest in this episode is Jason Smay, drummer for J.D. McPherson, one of my favorite artists of the last few years. They've got a new album coming out, Let the Good Times Roll on Rounder Records. I'll talk to Jason a little bit later about that album. But even before this new album was announced, I wanted to talk to Jason because I had read an interview with him where I was impressed with his attitude and work ethic. And of course, his relentless touring schedule, all the while having a family of three kids and a wife back home. I wanted to know how he did it. I want you to hear how he does it. He's a very passionate and fun guy to listen to. I hope you enjoy this. This is Jason Smay on Dad. This is Roger. Hey, Jason. How you doing? Good, man. What's happening? Hey, not much. Hey, man. Thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Appreciate it so much. Oh, no problem, man. Sorry it took so long for me to get back to you. Oh, man. No problem. No problem at all. So, uh, you just got back from your European tour, man. You must be exhausted. Well, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I But uh, I stay busy, man. So, it's like, you know, from one thing right to the next, back to the family life. So... You don't really have time to stand around and think about how tired you are. You yeah. Drink more coffee. <laughs> right, right, right. So you get some time off. Is that right? Yeah, I've got about a week and a half off. Um, go back. I leave on uh, Monday, coming up Monday. Go to Chicago, have a couple days of rehearsals to work up some new material from the new record. And then we start, uh, we play Iowa and then uh, Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah, we're excited for that show, man. It's going to be great. Yeah, me too. Cool. So what do you do with your family when uh, when you have the time off? Well, I mean, uh, now all my kids are in school full time. Okay. Um, so, you know, I get them on the bus, get them off the bus. But in the meantime, I actually work at my friend's record store just to kind of keep me from spending money. <laughs> and uh, uh, just kind of, you know, I go in and uh, she's a real patron of the arts and musicians. So, you know, she lets me have a flexible schedule. But um you know, I go in and do that during the day while my, my boys are in school, and then I come home and, uh, you know, shuffle them off to music lessons or karate or you know, whatever has to get done. Wow, wow, wow. So you never stop working? No, no, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So is that how you would define hustle? Because I know someone had asked you, do you have advice for working musicians? And your answer was hustle. Oh, yeah, man. That's That's all part of the hustle. Yeah, that's really funny that you bring that up, man, because I never will ever live that one down. Cause I'm sure you know who I th- said that to, right? No, I, I don't. How, how did you hear that story then? I, you know, I picked it up. It was, it's, it's been through a bunch of different threads, but uh, yeah, I found it on the internet. I, I don't know the source. Oh, man. Well, I said that to JD before I even knew him. <laughs> he called me. He called me and said, hey, man, uh, Hey, this is um, I'm, my name's JD, and uh, I'm I'm working on this record with Jimmy Sutton, and he said I should call you because you know you're a you're a husband and a father, and you know you've been touring for you know 15 years or 
you know, however, and, you know, you make it work between kids and family and, you know, what, what kind of advice do you have, you know, to, to a guy that, you know, wants to make being a full-time music musician, his, his career path. And my, my words to him were, got to hustle, man, got to hustle. That was, that was it. That was the extent of my conversation with him. Wow. You know, and I was like, and I was like, man, you know, uh, you know, you, you just, you, you got to stay focused on, you know, working, staying busy. You know, it's like, you can't just sit around and wait for the phone to ring for you. You have to make the phone ring. You know what I mean? Like you got to just take tours and take shows and, and do whatever you got to do to stay busy. Cause you know, if you don't, no one else is going to do it for you. You know what I mean? It's like, right. Right. you're, you're basically in business for yourself. So, you know, if you owned a ice cream shop, you know, if you didn't advertise, you wouldn't get customers, you know? So it's like, that, that was kind of my advice to him. That's so funny that that's gotten around because, uh, you know, the, I guess people that do know me know that I never sit down. I'm always doing something. I'm always working on something or, wow. you know, that's, a, that, that's, <laughs> that's <a>, awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. So was that, is that just from you or is that instilled from you, from your, from your parents or from some of the, uh, working yeah, I mean like you? my, well, I mean, you know, it's funny because, um, uh, actually, you know, it definitely came from my parents. My dad always, you know, was always doing side work. Uh, you know, he used to paint cars on the side. You know, he worked, he worked, you know, up in, in New York in, in where I live in Rochester, you know, Xerox is big employer was one of the biggest employers, and, you know, and then there was Kodak. Well, my dad was a Xerox guy. So, you know, he worked, you know, in the factory and, uh, had a, had a good job, you know, but he also, so, you know, not to go down too many rabbit holes here, but, you know, so my mom could stay home with us, you know, he painted cars on the side. So my, you know, I just always do that. Like, okay, well, you know, when you got responsibilities, you got to make sure that, you know, you, you do what you got to do, you know? And so I just grew up with that kind of as my, you know, okay, well, you know, I got to, I got to pay bills. And if I want to pay bills and actually be able to, you know, be comfortable with everything, you know, you got to work, you got to, you can't just sit back on your laurels, you know, mm-hmm. but then another, uh, another musician, um, that I worked with for a really long time, Eddie Angel, uh, from Little Straight Jackets, you know, he was like, man, he goes, if you can get up before 12 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, you're doing better than, you know, half the other musicians out there. You know what I mean? Like you gotta, you gotta work, man. You gotta stay busy, you know? And it just kind of, that stuff just stuck with me, you know? And so I've always, always been that way. Yeah. And y- your parents, um, made sure you had music lessons with uh, professional and working musicians. Uh, why did they do that? What, what do you think their intentions were with that? Well, I mean, I think they knew early on that this is what I wanted to do. Hmm. And, you know, like, and they thought, well, if you're going to do this, let's, you know, let's, they were just, my, my parents are big music fans to begin with, you know what I mean? So they kind of were like real supportive of just the fact that I wanted to play music, you know, but then I just never, you know, wavered from that, you know, it's just like, I was just, yeah, I just was always listening to music and playing music and trying to do things with music. And they just, I think thought that, well, you know, okay, if this is really what he wants to do, then let's just, you know, make sure that he's taken from people that are actually, you know, working musicians, you know, because when people, you know, it's like, it's like, um, it's like, you know, you want a doctor that has a ton of patients and is always busy instead of like the guy that, doesn't have any patience. You know what I mean? He just knows textbook stuff. It's like, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, you want that real world experience, you know? <laughs> so that's, 
that's kind of where I think that came from. Just, you know, so I, I'm very fortunate for that. You know what I mean? They didn't, they didn't take the easy way of just having me take lessons at school. You know, they actually took me to different places and, you know, well, I never took from one teacher for very long. It was like, you know, okay, you know, get a good understanding from this guy and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, before you start to become a clone of that person, which, you know, happens a lot, you know, people mm-hmm. become exactly like their teacher. And if you don't move past that, then you're, you know, you're just kind of, you're just copying, you know, instead of creating your own style, it's, you're just copying someone else's style. Right. Right. So, yeah. You know, well, that, that's, I don't know. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Well, that that's a perfect segue into, um, Working on the new album, I mean, you went from being a touring musician for JD and filling in for the role of um, Alex Hall, and now you are actually contributing to the new album. So I'm guessing for a long time, you were probably trying to copy his style from those records, and then did uh, they eventually let you kind of start doing your own thing? Yeah, you know, it's funny, like, I don't think I've ever copied anybody that I've, like, like when I when I took over in Los Jackets for Jimmy Lester, I'm not, mm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that band, but Jimmy was is a great drummer and a very creative drummer. And you know when I took that job, I was like in my early 20s, mm-hmm. you know mid 20s, and and I was like, geez, you know what do I do? And <laughs> the first thing those guys said was, you just play the way you want to play. Like learn the song, mm. learn the arrangement, and then do what you do. You know what I mean? We don't want you to copy what Jimmy did. And I was like, okay. So when I when I was approached by JD, like, hey, you know, we made this record, and now we need to put a band together, you know, uh, because we got shows and we have all this, you know, like excitement, you know, is being built. We don't have a band. Would you like to join the band? And I was like, yeah. I said, but you know, it's just kind of like it was kind of like one of those things where, like, you know, we were, we need you to play, you know, you know, take what Alex did and you know absorb it, and then play like you you know what i mean and so you know when that being said it's like i still didn't feel like i was being forced to copy a style you know or a person's technique because I, I, I can't do that you know what i mean mm-hmm. i just it would i would go crazy as a person because i'm like well you know like they're a great player but i'm never going to sound like him and he's never going to sound like me so what i can do is i can take what he did and learn it and then you know play it as I would play it with that background. So I, I don't want to say like I copied his playing, even mm-hmm. though, I mean, you know, and, and that's not to discredit Alex's playing. Cause I mean, Alex is a great player and he's a great friend of mine. And, you know, as far as drummers go, I mean, he's, you know, one of the people I enjoy going to watch, but you know, so I, I you know, for, I guess I, I can't say that I copied his style, but I listened to it, absorbed it and interpreted it in my own way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, cause I mean, I don't play it like he would play it and I don't think, you know, I wouldn't expect him to play stuff off the second record. If he was to fill in for me the way I would play it, I would expect him to play it the way he would play it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I think Alex, I think in Jimmy and JD would agree, you know, it's like, you can't, you're not going to get the best out of somebody if, if you're not letting them be themselves, right. you know? Right. So, but you know, you have to do that within the context of the music. You know, so it's not like I would just go up there and Keith Moon the whole show or something, you know, but <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Right. Right. So what was that process, that recording process like for you with this new album? Um, well, it was very, uh, it was exciting, man, because it was like, you know, I, I when After Signs and Signifiers came out, 
Um, I actually did the, all the singles that came out after that, you know, like the Abigail Blue and the... Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Alex didn't play on the singles. That was me. I, like, the Christmas song, that's me playing drums. The Why Lady Why, the... the that we the the tribute to um Alabama that we played on. That's me playing drums. Pretty much after Signs and Signifiers I became the drummer in the band, whether it was recording or touring. Okay. So um so that that's pretty cool because I mean I was really proud of that. You know, it's all it's all stuff that I, I, I like, you know, and um it was fun to work on. It was just it was exciting to do a full length record because it was like, mm-hmm. you know, um finally being, you know, on a full length record after supporting the first record for a couple of years, it was like, you know, finally get to be more invested in the band, so to speak, you know, as far as like being a, a you know, a member of the band and being on the releases and stuff. And, you know, people can't call me Alex Hall anymore on the new record. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. So did you get to experiment? Did you get to do anything that you've always wanted to do that, uh, you never got a chance to do in any of the other songs or alive. Man, if anything, I, I you know, I really like the fact that, it, that JD's, you know, pushed the envelope on some of, the, you know, obviously it's, you know, it's the, it's the band and, and the sound that, you know, that, that has been established. And, you know, I just like that, you know, we've done a couple, there's a, you know, like there's like the R and B, element has come out a little bit in a couple other songs, you know, but then there's also still like the straight up rock and roll, like new Orleans style, you know, rhythm and blues style, rock and roll stuff is still on the record, but you know, there's, you know, he, he's definitely taken a couple, you know, more steps in, in, you know, in the direction that, you know, he started to on the first record with like, you know, signs and signifiers, that song in particular, general awakening, you know, where they're, you know, like it's a slower tempo and it's, you know, it's definitely have a soul influence, you know, cause I, you know, that stuff, you know, it's actually funny cause people say, Oh man, what's your favorite song on the record? And it's like, well, I got two and they're like, you know, probably the two songs you don't, you wouldn't expect from a drummer standpoint, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's not the fastest songs and it's not the most complicated songs as far as the drum parts. It's like my favorite song, I think right now, listening from what I've heard, um, is uh, Bridge Builder, which is like an R&B ballad, you know, mm-hmm. not ballad, but like, you know, like a slow, um, slower yeah. tempo R&B song. And I just, man, for me, what gets me excited about this record is J.D. singing. It's like, man, I thought he sounded great on the first record. And I just think like he's just developed as a singer from singing so much and playing so many gigs, you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. just taking his singing ability up a notch, not to it, not yeah. that it needed it, you know what I mean? But it's no, like, I, I, man, I totally he's, grown as an, he's like, he's totally grown as a singer. And it's like, man, you know, he reaches back on some of these songs and it's just like, damn, man, it gets me so excited because, you know, I, I love playing drums, but for me, the best instrument is the voice and I can't sing for shit. So I, I don't sing, but mm-hmm. when I hear a good singer, man, it's like, that's what gets me excited. So I guess, Man, I guess for me on this record, getting back to your previous question, you know, like about what was the most exciting thing is like hearing the songs develop, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yeah. then and then hearing him singing, you know, in the studio and stuff was just like, man, it's like, I'm just really proud to be a part of that, you know, because he really, you know, he sings from the heart, man. And like, you know, I really think that came through on some of these songs, you know, and it just, you know, that's what gets me excited. I don't know if you can tell, man. 
either that or the coffee's kicking in at this point in the day. But <laughs> I, I no. just got amped up, you know, thinking about the singing part of the song. Or yeah. The record. You know, it's like, and as a drummer, you know, it's like, you know, I know a lot of drummers like to, you know, do drum solos and, you know, and who doesn't, you know, like to hear a good drum solo and all that stuff. But I, I honestly, man, like at a young age from the other bands I've been in and, and uh, projects I've been involved with, even back to like when I was in high school and junior high, it's like, I've always loved being a support player, you know, and, and drums really are a support instrument. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I mean, I know there's guys that, you know, like Max Roach, you know, back, you know, in the bebop era who was like, you know, a drum celebrity because he could take these amazing solos and, and, and it's awe inspiring. But, you know, I also like, I like that just as much as I like hearing Davey Tuff play behind Woody Herman and just have a groove for days. You know what I mean? Yeah. And give a soloist, such a groove that he can just sit back and just, you know, play amazing. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I, I tend to float more towards that style and give, you know, get more excited about playing, you know, a groove thing, which is great when you got a bass player like Jimmy Sutton in the band. I mean, it's like, you know, working with him is great. And then once you, you know, once that's settled, it's like, okay, everyone else that solos or the singing, you know, it's got such a foundation to work from. That's what gets me excited, man. It's like, you know, being a part of that, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's what, that's, I guess. And, and honestly, man, you know, it's, we're all, we're all good friends. I mean, like, yeah. you know, it's really crazy. Like we've been on the road a ton mm-hmm. for the last three years. I mean, riding around in a van, you know, and it's like, there's no place to go. There's no place to hide. And if you don't like somebody, man, it can be really tough. But even on our days off, man, like when we're on the road, you know, I've been in bands where everyone goes and does their own thing. And that's great. But, you know, with these guys, man, we all kind of, like, sit together and, like, go and see things as a band and, like, or, you know, we've had days off in Chicago and we'll all go to Ray's place, you know, the piano player, yeah. and we'll watch movies. And huh. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, wow. it's like, man, not many bands do no. that that are on the road as much. So it's fun, man. It's fun to do, you know, to be on the road and to do some of these things that we get to do. And, you know, it's like, because it's, it's really an extended family, which is which I'm proud of, man. It's like, you know, it's like working with good guys. It's, it's, you know, it's great to be around great musicians, but when you're around great musicians and good people, it's like, that's just like the best of it all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So when you're a working musician, was this, was this sort of like the goal that you were working towards or is this just sort of like, just kind of happened in Europe and you're just, happy that it's happening now or you know did you have this plan that you know this is the kind of band that eventually i want to be that you know all musicians hope to have this kind of relationship this kind of setup well you know i gotta be honest you know for as far as like personnel and working you know people that i work with i mean i've been really fortunate like you know the guys in little straight jackets are really great guys and you got along with all those guys really well and the bands i was in before that you know like i i i I don't know. It was kind of like a thing that, you know, I always said like, man, if it's not fun, I can always go and go back to being a tool and die maker, which I, I, I was before I was a full-time musician. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's gotta be like, I have to be, it's gotta be, uh, you know, I want to play with quality musicians and it's gotta be fun. You know, not that fun pays your bills, but you know what I mean? Like right. if it's miserable, then there's no point in doing it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and honestly, yeah, I mean, it was always a thing that, like, I thought, well, man, you know, I like playing all kinds of music, but rhythm and blues for me is really where, 
you know, my heart is, you know, and yeah. if, and people that know me know that, you know what I mean? Like they know like my, you know, I'll, I, you know, I'm always listening to like Winoni Harris and, you know, <laughs> Mr. Blues, you know what I mean? It's like, that's the kind of stuff I like. And I equate that with, it's very close to what, what we're doing as far as, you know, might not be exactly jump blues, but you know, it's in that rhythm and blues space oh, yeah. material. And that's, you know, you know, that's what I, I like that. And I, and, you know, I like the organ bass stuff, you know, where, you know, uh, Jimmy McGriff stuff, where it's, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not as, you know, bop oriented as like Jimmy Smith would be. It's, you know, it's got a heavy groove to it, you know, like really good shuffles. And, you know, that's kind of where my heart is, you know, and it's right. great. It's great to be in a successful band that works really hard and has momentum and, and, and continues to have, you know, this upward momentum that, you know, we're very fortunate to have. Yeah. So, yeah, it is kind of a dream come true, man. You know, it's like you sit back and think about it. You know, when you're when you're doing it, you know, it's like you don't take it for granted, but you don't think about like everything that you've been doing. You know what I mean? You're just right. like, okay, well, we're working. You know, we're staying busy. We're working. You know, and then you sit back and it's like, well, well, we have been doing a lot. And, you know, you know, we've been very fortunate, you know, so. Yeah. Well, I, I got to, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got to, I got to ask about more about like the, the touring schedule. I mean, when you signed on with JD to do this touring schedule, what was the conversation with your wife and kids? Like, I'm going to be doing this really aggressive touring schedule and I'm not going to see you for, you know. 200 days on or something like that. I mean, how'd that go? How'd, how'd you manage that? Um, well, you know, here's the funny thing. I'm actually, I'm actually working about the same as I always have, um, really? about 200 days a year, except I'm only doing it with one band instead of like three. Okay. okay. You know what I mean? Like to, to be, to be totally honest with you, I've always worked with at least two bands. When I was with Los Street Jackets, I was always in this other band called the High Risers, which is oh, right. a, a rock and roll band from Rochester. And whenever Los Street Jackets wasn't working, I was working with them. And but I also worked with other bands. Like uh, I would tour with Deke Dickerson, which I don't know if you're familiar with Deke, but um, he's another like uh, Americana roots rockabilly guitar player out of California. So I just because having a, a wife, a mortgage, three kids, you know, it's like. I got to work, you know, I got to stay busy. So I was always, you know, juggling different tours and this tour and that tour. So honestly, man, I think I'm working about the same workload, but it's just such a relief to be doing it with one band now, instead of like knowing three sets of music and, you know, always constantly working with, you know, rehearsing this band or that band, you know, so it, it's kind of like, you know, it's like the, the, it, it seems less chaotic, even though it's like the same amount of work, you know what I mean? Or, oh, yeah. you know, I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I mean that in a really good way. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to sound like, Oh, well, I'm always this busy. It's like, it was really hard, you know, no, what I, mean? like always be switching like hats and, you know, going no from one thing to the next. But, you know, like, I guess it's part of the, where I feel fortunate is like, man, I can actually be in one band that, that stays as busy and it, it actually seems less chaotic or something. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. I would imagine that. Huh. I can't imagine three bands touring. Wow. That yeah, and recording. I mean, like, Jeez. you know, I mean, it's, 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 uh, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I guess when you, you, you know, like when you, when you look at it, like, well, you know, this is what I do. So I have to stay, you know, I guess that's part of the hustle. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, you know, you just, you just working and you're not, you're not thinking you're just working. <laughs> well, yeah. Right. Right. Wow. That's incredible. 
Incredible. So is this sort of the, the kind of work ethic and um, the way you think about life and work that you want to instill in your kids? Oh, totally, man. Um, you know, when I think they see it, you know, like my wife, my wife, my wife has a good job, you know, she, and she's, you know, very, very much on top of her career is, you know, as I try to be on mine and, you know, I think they see it, you know, they see that like, you know, dad's always doing something, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not on the road, I'm, I'm helping them do whatever they got to do. And if, you know, if there's a, a brief minute, you know, I'm, I'm working on someone's motorcycle forum or I'm working on someone's snowmobile machine and parts in the garage, you know, like I have a small machine shop in my, in my, oh, my farm. That's incredible. And I was actually, you know, I picked my son up from, he's in junior high, you know, right now. And I picked him up from school on my way home today. And, uh, we stopped at a, a buddy of mine who's like, you know, having me measure out, you know, he needs, he's putting, he's building a race snowmobile because they race up on, up here on the ice and, and stuff. And I'm sure actually they probably race, do ice racing up by you too. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, he was like, you know, I need to get these modified, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm going on the road on, you know, Monday. I don't know if I'll be able to time to do it before I get back. You know, it's like, they always see that I'm always working, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it's, it's weird. Like, I don't, I, I, I have a hard time stopping, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I'm one of these people that like, if I'm not doing like three different things, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know what to do with myself. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like, you know, I guess I'm just a, your, your typical workaholic, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's just when I, I feel like I, um, I'm most comfortable when I, when I'm, I'm busy, you know what I mean? Whether it's, you know, it doesn't have to be like work for, you know, like a, a money situation. It's like, you know, if we're, yeah. You know, if I'm, if I'm helping my kids figure out something or, you know, my, my oldest son plays guitar. So, you know, oh, like wow. him and I get together and we play, you know, and then I help him work out like, you know, when he's learning songs, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, or, you know, we'll work on it and go back and forth. You know, I just like staying busy, whatever it is, it's like, yeah. you know, or helping friends. So I guess it's just the hustle, man. It's like, yeah. I'm always hustling. <laughs> <laughs> so great. So great. Yeah. Man, so I'm super excited about the show uh on the 13th I think it is. Uh Yeah. Yeah, that's in uh, First Avenue main room. That's just going to be a blast. Uh yeah, I mean, I saw you last year at the Turf Club. And that was Okay. And that was really that was a really amazing show cuz it was so intimate but yet so intense. Yeah, that's what we did the two two nights in a row, I think, right? Yep, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun, man. I, you know, I, I gotta be honest with you, like the, the Twin Cities is a, is a special place for me, man, because, uh, I, I know I've referenced this before, but Los Straight Jackets, this band I was in, you know, that was one of their big markets. And when I first started touring with them, you know, it's like, you know, that was one of the places that they always look forward to going to. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I can't wait till I get to Minneapolis. And then I got up there and it's like, you know, it's so, it's so similar to where I live in Rochester, New York. Uh, okay. Um, you know, I feel very comfortable in this, in, in, in the Twin Cities area, you know, and it's like, I don't know what it is. Like, you know, it's kind of, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a familiar setting, but then also, you know, it's, it's also like, you know, people come out, you know, and it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's a yeah. great music town. I mean, at least it is for the groups that I've been in, you know, and it yeah. seems like it, it is that for, you know, everybody I talk to. Oh yeah. man, Minneapolis is great. You know, first Avenue or Lee's liquor lounge, man. Yeah, I used to play right. gigs at Lee's liquor yeah. lounge. Actually, that's a, that's one of my favorite clubs to play in. You know what I mean? It's like such a cool place, you know? And it's like, I don't know when we started going up there with JD and, and having a good response, it was like, 
I was like, man, see, I told you guys Minneapolis is great, you know. <laughs> like, they, he, I don't think he had performed there with any other band, and you know, and you know, it's like, it's like whenever you think of anywhere, you know, you never know what you're gonna get the first time, you know. Right. And I was like, no, nah, man, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. I know it, you know. And it's like, and it, it has been, man. And and the the current is such a great uh, radio station, and they've they've been so supportive mm-hmm. of us. They, you know, it's like, man, how could you not love going to a city like that? You know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 definitely one of the places that we uh, that we, you know, yeah. look forward to when we see it on the tour schedule. It's like, yeah. man, all right. <laughs> well, where's Plus, you know, I had my yeah. first uh, Juicy Lucy last time I was up there oh, yeah. too, man. Right. I don't know. If I, I mean, that's a little, you know, that's a pretty intense situation, man. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not a big booty, so. You know, I know some of the guys in the band are real, you know, they get, you know, they get excited about new food experiences and I'm like, I'll go along, man. You know, sure. I'll, 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 I'll be game. You know, it's like, all right. All right, that's different. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> man, we, uh, it was really cool. We weren't, I forget the, this is horrible, but I forget the exact name of the place that we were at, but I do, I remember it had, it was one of the original places that had them. And, uh, they had a bowling alley in the basement and, uh, we were like, you know, after we ate, they were like, oh yeah, you know, we got this cool bowling alley in the basement and we were like, what, you know, and we were down there, we bowled for like an hour or two, man, it was great. It was the best thing in the world. It was like, I actually felt like I, wa- I worked off my Juicy Lucy by bowling for an hour. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I so. think, I think it's the nook. I think is where was that? Was oh, that okay. Yeah. That sounds right. Okay. That sounds right. Yeah. Funny. Well, man, uh, the new record comes out on February 10th on Tuesday. I'm excited about yeah. that. That's going to be awesome, man. Well, Jason Smay, thank you so much for taking the time out of your time off from the busy <laughs> touring schedule to talk with me today. I really appreciate it. And this is, this is going to be a great interview. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, people always will, you know, Learn about the hustle. Right? That's right. <laughs> Learn about the hustle. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jason. Have a great day. Yep. Thanks again to my guest, Jason Smay, for that really wonderful, insightful interview. I just love it when I get to hear musicians being open and honest about, you know, what life is like on the road and what it, what it takes to be a professional musician. The music on this show is by the wonderful band King Pelican. You can find their music at king-pelican.com. You can find more about Dadverb at facebook.com slash dadverb. And we'll see you next time on Dadverb.